Welcome back to the Fundamental Hour. This is our third lesson on the subject of prosperity. Many churches today preach what is called a prosperity gospel, a teaching that if you are blessed by God, that He's going to enrich you, that you're going to be healthy and blessed in this world. Um, is this biblical teaching? Let's look at some scripture this week, see what the Bible has to say. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to to his works. If we're to follow Christ, then what must we do to follow Christ according to these verses? Well, in verse 24, the Bible tells us that we have to deny ourselves and we have to take up our cross. According to verse 25, what must we do to find our life? The Bible says we must lose our life. This means I must be willing to give up my own selfish hopes and dreams and embrace the life of Christ. According to verse number 26, if you lose your own soul, is there any profit? In gaining the whole world? No. So the Bible teaches you can gain all the things of the world. But if you lose your own soul, what do you have? You have nothing. Giving your life to selfish pursuits will not be profitable even if you gain the whole world. See, you may succeed, you may prosper, you may prosper so much that you gain the whole world. But in the end, you would have lost. We must dedicate ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. We must lose our ambitions and dreams and take up our cross. See, pastor, is it, are you saying it's, not okay to have ambitions? I'm saying any ambition you have that's not in the will of God, you need to lose it. And you need to make Christ first. And you need to make His will for your life what you're trying to accomplish. According to verse 27, I'll read it again. It says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with his angels, and then 
he shall reward every man according to his works. What is God going to do when he comes back? He's going to reward every man. He's going to reward us according to how we have worked, how we have served him. Now again, let me be clear. He's talking about his believers. He's talking about his disciples. You don't get into heaven by work, but you get rewarded in heaven by your work. And that's where I want to prosper. That's where I want to get my reward. I don't want to get my reward on earth and then not be rewarded in heaven. I'd rather suffer here and do without so that I can have there. This life is temporary. That is eternal. Let me give you some lessons from what we've read here in the Bible. I'm going to give you three lessons today. Lesson number one, suffering is necessary to do the will of God. Many who preach the prosperity gospel preach that you should not have to suffer. The Bible makes it clear in these verses that we must be willing to deny ourselves in order to do God's will. Well, what does it mean to deny yourself? It means to not have something, right? It's suffering. As it were to take up our cross. The cross is a symbol. It's a symbol of suffering and shame. It is a symbol. It is a reminder of what Christ did for us. The cross was a place where Christ suffered for my sin. The cross was a place where Christ was humiliated for my sin. When he hung on the cross, he hung naked on the cross. He was humiliated. They put a name over him that said he was the king of kings. It said that he was the king of the Jews. Now that was true, but they put it there to mock him. They were making fun of the fact that he pretended or he said he was the king of the Jews. He said he was God. And so they mocked him. They brought shame and reproach to him and suffering to him on the cross. And yet Christ tells you and me to take up our cross. What's he saying? He's saying that serving God it's not going to all be easy. It's not going to all be riches and blessing and fun, but it's going to require suffering. It's going to require endurance. It's going to require work. He asked us to be willing to endure our cross. To teach that God only wants health and wealth for believers is to deny the clear teaching of take up your cross and follow me. Notice the testimony of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 
Paul was testifying about his own life. And he says in verse number 23, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. What Paul was acknowledging here, he said, listen, it's not a godly thing to boast or to be prideful, proudful about who you are, what you've done. And so he's acknowledging that he's about to say some things about himself that could sound like he's boasting. And he's trying to make a point. You're talking about these people who are following Christ and everything's working out for them. But let me tell you about myself. He says, if they are ministers of Christ, I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, often. Of the Jews, five times received I four stripes save one. What's that talking about? He was beaten by the Jews or because of the Jews five different times. 39 times they took a whip and beat him. Five different times that happened to him. He says thrice or three times I was beaten with rods. And that's not just some school teacher hitting you on the head. That's a serious beating. He says, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. That's the ocean. Can you imagine being stranded in the ocean? Not knowing when help would come. Not knowing if you would survive. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. A peril is a trial, a time of affliction. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, care of all the churches. He said, not only have I suffered and gone through all of these physical things, but I also have had the burden of caring for emotionally and mentally and spiritually the churches of Christ. Much affliction, much mental suffering and emotional suffering has come to him in the ministry. Paul is testifying here to suffering greatly for Christ. Are you going to tell me that Paul was not blessed of God? You're going to tell me that he didn't prosper for God? This is God's man. God led him. God gave him these words to write. He was the man of God. And yet, he suffered probably 
like no other believer has suffered. Probably only Jesus Christ has suffered more than the Apostle Paul. And he is the, he is the person we look to. He is the one we look to as our example. And his life did not teach us that if we are godly, that we're going to have all the riches of this world and all the health and strength. His life taught us the opposite. He suffered greatly for Christ. He was not described as someone who was wealthy. He even had a physical problem that the Bible describes as a thorn in the flesh. In 2 Corinthians, in chapter number 12, in verses 7 through 10, says this, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul said, I was weak. Because God gave me a thorn in the flesh so that I would not be prideful. That I would not be exalted too much as the Apostle Christ. He made me to suffer. And he said, I'll give you the grace to bear it, but you're going to have to suffer. Paul's testimony was not a testimony of everything working out to his physical benefit. Paul's testimony was not one of riches and prosperity. But Paul's testimony was one of suffering and hardship as he followed the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first lesson, lesson is, suffering is necessary to do the will of God. Number two, the will of God requires us to give up our selfish ambitions and goals and to place God first. The prosperity gospel is not teaching people to lose their life. Rather, it's teaching people to hold on to their lives. Notice in chapter 6 of Matthew, in verse 30, it says this, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. These verses clearly teach that we're not to worry or fret about the things of the world. We're to take no thought of those things. We're to put God first. Put his kingdom first. And yes, God says he would take care of our needs. God said, you put me first, 
you suffer for me, you deny yourself and take up your cross, I'll take care of your needs. This is not a promise of wealth and health. This is a promise to meet our basic needs. Food, clothing, shelter. This is not a promise that you're going to be a millionaire, that you're going to drive the nicest car, that you're going to have the nicest houses. Paul didn't have that. Jesus Christ didn't have that. But they had what they needed. So number one, suffering is necessary to do the will of God. Number two, the will of God requires us to give up our ambitions and goals and to make God first. And number three, we're to look to the end for our reward. The attitude of a Christian should be that we're not looking to be enriched here on earth. We're expecting to be rewarded when God returns and takes us to heaven. If we insist on being rich here, then we will squander our reward later when he returns. If we insist on having it now, we won't have it then. We must be content with what he gives us. And we must work and suffer and labor and lay up treasure in heaven for when he comes back and takes us to heaven. Work requires suffering. Suffering eventually brings rewards. The Bible clearly teaches that the will of God for every Christian includes suffering. Furthermore, God requires every Christian to deny himself and to lose his own life. And there is no guarantee of our being wealthy and healthy. God simply promises to meet our needs. Now you say, preacher, I know a lot of good people and they are healthy and they are quite wealthy and they love God. Yeah, Abraham was wealthy. He loved God. David was wealthy. and He was in the will of God. Solomon was wealthy. He was in the will of God. The Bible is filled with people who had wealth and they were in the will of God. But what I'm telling you is the Bible also is filled with people like the Apostle Paul who forsook and had to forsake all those things to do what God had called him to do. It's not a wrong thing to have things of the world. What is wrong is to make that the desire and the will and the ambition and the dream of your life. What should be the ambition and dream of our life is to do what God has called us to do. And that may ask of you to suffer. That is probably going to ask you not to have some of the things you could have. It's probably going to ask you to give of some of that wealth that God has given you to meet the needs of others. The prosperity gospel that teaches you that God wants you to be wealthy and rich is not biblical. What God expects of us is to lay our lives before him and to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service.
That's what God expects of us. If you're not sure that if you died today that you'd go to heaven, I beg of you, contact us. Let us take a Bible and show you from God's Word how you can know for sure that heaven's going to be your home. We can send you some information through our social media platforms. If you'd come and visit us here, we'll sit down and talk to you. And I hope that some of you, if you live in the Kamasi area, that you'll visit us at our church home in Beauchene. We're just past the Beauchene Market on the right. You'll see a big signboard with my face on it. We'd love to have you come out and be a part of our services. Sunday morning, we meet at 9.45. Sunday night, we meet at 6. And Wednesday night, we meet at 7 o'clock. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Hour.